Easter Sunday is not only the most important day of the Christian year, but also the first Sunday of a series of eight Sundays that ends with Pentecost. During these eight weeks, we celebrate the victories the risen Christ won for us. These victories are Easter gifts given to bring about the growth of a new people, gifts that continue to make us new today. So with shouts and songs of Alleluia, we celebrate the gifts of the risen Christ and present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The first reading from the book of the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 11. It would have been quite easy for all of Lord Jesus' disciples to be focused in the message of his love to one people, the Israelites, God opened the minds of all of them, including Peter in this unique account, to see that the love of the Savior is for all. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. And this is the basis for the sermon today. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where it was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. The Word of the Lord. Christ is risen. God is open for business. Isn't that always the way it's been? Adam and Eve could hide from him after their sin and in their shame in the Garden of Eden, but God was open for business. God was ready to deal with them. 
When our world needed saving, it was completely pitch dark, and God sent his son, nevertheless, as a light. Oh, and there's that beautiful passage. When we were still sinners, there's a good pause. When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Open for business, and now there's an empty tomb. With the living Jesus, calling people to rejoice in the life that never ends. Open for business. If our church is open for business, the least we could do is unlock the doors, turn the lights on, and pay the heating bill. If our church is open for business, bonus would be put a sign out on the sidewalk, add a greeter to the entryway, call some called workers to administer word and sacrament in this place, and come joyfully to worship. What's the best we can do? If we're open for business, as God is open for business, what's the best we can do? Do you see someone personally engaged all the time, ready to be present in the moment with other people, no matter who they are? Somebody who is embracing the circumstances of the day with its twists and turns, and if I'm talking to you, I am ready to talk to you. If you need me to be a listener, I am ready to be his listener as long as it takes. I am ready to serve your needs, no matter what the cost to me. Robe off my back, walk with you a thousand miles. I'm ready. I'll go past that if you need it. Do you see, is that the best? Isn't that not the best that we could do with all of the, the energy and the help that God's love puts inside of us? I won't shut you out. I stay open as long as God is open. What is, how does a spouse say it to an spouse? Because love isn't just supposed to be for those out there that we don't know yet, although I'm giving some evangelism examples. Sure, we are married to each other, but that doesn't make you just solely mine. You are the Lord's given to me, special gift of grace, and I want to love you and be open to you as God is always open to you and not making you pay some relational debts first as I keep a list of wrongs. This is love. Becoming a friend to someone, is it not? Becoming the friend to someone who stays open, not basing my openness or my closed for business based on your behavior. It doesn't run on your behavior. It's all just a unique opportunity, no matter where you are, no matter what you're saying, no matter what kind of thing is going on in your life, you are a unique opportunity for me to love you and meet you with love, open for business. Isn't that the way it was for Jesus? Did Jesus ever walk around and give the impression, oh, can we not go over there? Because I really don't want to talk to those lepers. Can we avoid that region that's where the Samaritans are. Can we just, you know, not talk to any of the Samaritans? Did he do this? No, he didn't. He's open for business. They were just unique opportunities to deal with where they were at spiritually, culturally, socially, and fill in a bunch of needs with love. 
That's the way it was. Maybe a new friend today would do something new. A new friend could be surprised by just how far you walk with them, just how long you listen, and just how much you're willing to give. And maybe an old friend, somebody, or not so much a friend, somebody you've burned every single relationship bridge with might be surprised that their need calls to you like you were meeting them for the first time, or better yet, like you were open to them as God was open to them. Because God is open to them. Can you see it any other way? Open for business. Can love be seen any other way than persistent, selfless, purposeful, kindly, generous love? God and his people are often not on that same page, are they? And here it is, Acts chapter 11, after the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, when you had the Cretans and Arabs and all these other people speaking in tongues, and you had all these kinds of language and, and all this kind of pouring out of the gospel ministry, and let's go get them. Jesus told us, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching. After all of that, you get to this like lesson that Peter needs to learn. He still has to put A and B together in his list of the and figure it out and make connect the dots. This is what God is going to help him to do, though, in love. You notice all the special things in Acts chapter 11 as Peter recounts very repetitiously all that happened in Acts chapter 10. Do you notice how much God had to do to make this ministry match happen? To make this love match happen? For a Cornelius, a Gentile Caesarean Cornelius, to be in the same place where Peter, to be inside his house telling them the good news of the word of God. You see how much God had to do, how big a wall and a barrier God had to tear down in the process. So it starts like this, right? What does God do? Really, the story starts before we get to Peter, because you learn the behind-the-scenes kind of thing later on that an angel appeared to Cornelius saying, send some servants to Joppa and look for this Simon who's called Peter and, and tell him to come to you. So the angel gets this momentum going of these servants headed on this little journey that's going to take some hours to get to Peter. And then we're told that God had to do something for Peter. Very inductively leading him through this, he had uh, something like a really large sheet, not a small sheet with like two animals on it, but a really large sheet. And down in before of him, when Peter was hungry on a rooftop to pray, he's in this vision. And God says, check out these animals, not just kosher, are they? There's a camel, there's a pig, there's some shellfish, there's like a bat and a lizard, there's all kinds of creatures on here you're not supposed to eat. I've never touched those things in my life. But here's this large sheet in front of the Apostle Peter. Kill and eat, God says. No, I'm not killing. I don't put that stuff in my mouth. I never have, never will. Don't call unclean what God has called clean. And down again it comes. The bats and camels and all. Kill and eat. I'm not going to kill and eat. That's impure. Never have, never will. Don't call unclean. What God has called clean it happens a third time. Let's not mistake the details, Peter. Don't call unclean 
what God has made clean. And it just so happens that as it's lifted up for the last time, they finally arrived. At the angel's prodding, Cornelius had sent his servants, and they show up at the door, hey, we're looking for Peter. You're looking for me? Are you connecting the dots? God was making a ministry match in his heart. A love match between God and Peter for the sake of these Gentiles. A love match. And for the first time, Peter did something he probably hadn't done in a long time or maybe ever. He welcomed them into his home. They stayed overnight with him. And they go the next day, and they travel to Cornelius' house. And Peter did something maybe he had never done before. I pray that we leave our doors today, and we go out into a world, and we love like we've never loved before. And Peter went to Cornelius' house, and he went inside the house, and he ate with them. They're uncircumcised. And as Peter gets to figure out, oh, this is what you were calling me about. This is what you wanted me. Yes, I happen to be an eyewitness of the resurrection. Can I tell you what the resurrection of Jesus means for you? And God did something as sign and symbol and stamp. And it happened just like it was Acts chapter 2 all over again. The tongues of fire and speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And Peter realized, God really doesn't play favorites, does he? Truly it is, by grace alone, and for all people. Why wasn't this always the case? Isn't that interesting? Why wasn't this always just the case? How come people just didn't get it? God had given his laws about dietary restrictions and circumcision and made a special people for himself, but he's communicating to them holiness. He's communicating to them sinfulness. He's communicating to them a need for a savior. But many of them abused the words of God in a way to say, we can now confine our warmth, our openness, our love, our hospitality, our generosity to those who are circumcised to those who are like us, who are separate from the world and, and different, and we don't have to eat with the Gentiles and talk about their idolatry. We're going to eat with fellow Jews and sit down. We're not going to get to know them better or associate with them. Maybe if they become like us first. Maybe if they get circumcised like us first. Maybe if they change their diet like us first and bow in worship at the times that we bow in worship and do that one Sabbath, what we do on the Sabbaths, maybe if they do those things, then we'll warm up to them and bring them into the family. Fine. It was an abuse of how God had set this up. Do you remember, it's in the Old Testament, Jesus says this himself, that there were many widows in Elijah's day, but there was one in Zarephath, that's up by Tyre and Sidon, you know, northern country. There's a widow up there that God sent his prophet to, and he went into her house and they ate together. Do you think there was a bunch of circumcised Jews living in Nineveh when God said, Jonah, go tell those people to repent and believe in me? No, it's not a bunch of circumcised Jews living in Nineveh. Jonah, how come you're not warm to them like God is warm to them? Should I not be concerned about these people? 
This was always the word of the Old Testament, but it was an abuse of those laws that corrupted them. They became legalistic watchdogs. And just like they said to Jesus, you can't go eat with those people. Now they're saying circumcised believers are coming now to Peter in chapter 11, and he's got to recount this story to them because they're putting his, his face to the fire. You just ate with uncircumcised men. You went into their house. How about that? Religious snobbery. Not only have they applying it to those uncircumcised ones like we should avoid them like the plague, now they're concerned about Peter. Maybe we're not on the same page. We gotta check you out again. What is, and they criticized him. That's not loving. Do you understand? Do you see? This is a common way that we operate inside our hearts. And even these circumcised believers, they come back to Peter and they don't say, you know what, we trust you, Peter. You are an apostle of our Lord Jesus. We don't, we trust Jesus ultimately, and you can err, but would you please tell us what happened? Just explain to us, was there some vision that you, you know, but they didn't ask, they came to criticize. They came to throw him under the bus. Where's the love? Where's the love? All of this is a love with limits. If that sheet comes down from heaven and it's only got a few on it with the freedom for you to leave others off, then you would say, I have a word from God that's a love with borders, a love with the walls, an inside circle, and an outside never need to touch them. God is making it abundantly clear today that inside his heart there is no bias, there's no prejudice, there is no hesitation when he sees someone by appearance or when he sees someone spiritually dark, just like the climate and the times when he sent his one and only son to save us from our sins. There's no inside, there's no outside. It's a world that needs saving. What does your love flinch for? With whom would you hesitate? And the Holy Spirit would have to do that thing, whisper in Peter's ear, don't hesitate to go with him. Don't hesitate. You hear that? He has to say it directly to him, or he would have. Who are the people you would? Did you grow up with somebody who used racist language? It rubbed off on you, just makes you hesitate? Did you experience, did you participate in a bullish environment, a gossip environment, a let's make fun of people who are different from us environment, and it was tolerated and okay? And still today, I just pay attention to those kind of things. They stand out to me. People watching has never been so much fun. Look at all the weirdos who are out there. With whatever measure you use, Jesus says, it will be measured to you. With whatever you're doing to judge and measure other people for your love, be ready, Jesus says, to give that one to me so I can use it on you. 
if that measuring stick is even this tall, would Jesus ever be warm to us? Would he have ever been warm to us? Absolutely not. Think of it another way. What must I do to be saved? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Put your confidence not in what you have to do, but what Jesus did for you is the answer, right? Rephrase the question. What must I do to be loved by God? Nothing. Put your confidence in God's love for you, not in what you must do to earn God's love. What must I do to be loved by you? Let me ask it. What must I do to be loved by you? Why is there a list? Why is suddenly the answer not nothing? Why is there suddenly a list when some person would ask, what must I do to be loved by you? See how out of sorts this is? This is what's hitting Peter upside the head. He's realizing, I'm not just unloving, I'm anti-God. I am the opposite of God's love. What he's realizing is the engine inside of me isn't God's engine. God is, and God had to make it clear, with sheet and angel and spirit. He had to make it clear to me exactly what he wanted and where his heart was. He had to take me there because I wasn't there. And who am I? This is a perfect question for us today. Who am I to do otherwise? This is love. Here it is. That God loved every single person in this account and God loves every single person in this congregation. God loved those circumcised believers and gave Peter's testimony to them. He was patient with them. Let's face it. Relook at Acts chapter 11, verse 1. And they heard the report that the Gentiles had received the word of God. And it takes 16 verses to get to, and they rejoiced that God had revealed himself to the Gentiles. It gets 16 verses for them to rejoice. God was being patient with them. God was being patient with Peter. God was loving them, just as God loves you. This is the love that we see on full display in one heart that we might then be known as children of one God, that would not only say to me in a sermon that makes me, calls me forgiven, just as it called Peter forgiven, as he's talking to Cornelius, he's rejoicing in the very word, the heart of the gospel, by faith we are, by grace we are saved through faith, and it's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, and it's, I'm sure it's just flooding his face with tears as he realizes we're all being bathed in the same love of God today. I wasn't open to this, and God, make me open to you. God did it. What a forgiving Savior. Let this be a sanctifying influence also. That which makes me a child, may it be reflected in this child, in a heart that doesn't deal with boundaries. This love isn't far away. 
They say that you can have 250 meaningful relationships with people. I want you to picture the sheet coming down for a fourth time. And just as much as we can talk about evangelism opportunities and strangers you meet and how unfiltered you want to be to them as you are open, well, better than unfiltered, you've got one way, one lens, one God way that you want to see them and open up to them. Just as much as you have strangers, so you also have family. So you see everybody come down for the fourth time on this sheet, and this time it's not just all the animals. It's all the people of your life, all the people at your workplace, all the people you see in your city, in your neighbors, in your family tree, and the people that they're marrying, and the people that are expanding in your family. These are the people that you're getting to know. And somewhere in here is probably about 250 of them that you are able to maintain a meaningful relationship with. Why not make the list? Why not think of it? We'll leave some blanks for new people to be added, right? But why not think about them and pray about them and the opportunities for love that you get to to show to them? What if each and every one of them knew that they could talk to you without being talked down to, that they could ask any questions and they wouldn't seem or feel foolish about doing it? And what if they were addicted to sin What if they were drunks? What if they were headed to the Deer District tonight to hang out at the Bucks game and to just, you know, let it fly and have as much fun as possible and you knew what that meant? What if you knew what they were thinking? What if they were proud of their homosexuality? What if they're giving thanks that they are atheists? Does any of it change? The warmth and the openness that you want to have to them so that a ministry match might happen without which they don't. So we could maybe be at some point in the same house together and maybe someday I could talk to you about a life with God. Brothers and sisters, before you judge by appearance, before you judge with labels, Let the doors open. And after you know what they're thinking, and after you've seen how they live and what they do, let the doors be open. Just for this reason. Jesus said, just as I have loved you. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.